What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Today is a good day. Today is a Friday. I know I've been away a little bit, been out of the country, but I want to talk to you today about a particular topic because I have a whole lot of topics to discuss with you guys here on the podcast. As I got back from Kenya yesterday evening, we was very tired, but we had a good week. And, you know, we'll be doing a live stream uh, sometime today at, at the hearing of this particular podcast. If you listen to it right up front as we post this. Now, you know, they're always a person, always a black person that will be something I want to talk about today called the pets of white supremacy. Now, the reason why I want to title this the pets of white supremacy is, you know, I have a little dog and, you know, she, she's been around, you know, for a little while. She'd be turning seven years old this year. And our, our little dog, you know, she, you know, get happy when, when, when she see us when we're gone, you know, she barks, you know, she don't want to be by herself. She has separation anxiety a lot of the times. Um, you know, she wants to be next to you. She wants you to pet her. You know, when you come around, you know, she wants to, uh, you know, jump up on you. She's always excited. Um, you know, if she feels in her own little way that she can protect you, you know, she will. Or you look at a bigger dog who a little bit more protective than, say, a German Shepherd, Rottweiler, etc. A dog will protect the owner at all costs. Some dogs are even willing to die for the owner at all costs. And all the dog wanted just some validation, you know, some affection, you know, some food, water, um, you know, make sure they go out and do their thing. Maybe you take care of them, you know, take them to the vet as they should. You know, they will be a pretty loyal pet. But you have folks, and we talk about these particular Negroes who are pets for white supremacy. And they're the exact same way. You know, a lot of times we call them other names, but I really believe they're more so a pet. Now, one thing I mentioned earlier about the dog is that the dog does things to make the master happy. Translation, the Negro wants to do things for white validation. And any kind of validation this particular Negro can get, it will come from what he or she will do to get that validation or approval from the white supremacist. That's just how they get down. To get this validation, they may do a lot of things. They may sell each other out. They may come to the defense of their master. You know, they talk about mandatorious manumission where a slave could do something good, like save a white person or alert them to a coming revolt and get some sort of reward. It's like the dog can get a reward, like a little bone, a little treat. That's the same way you have the pets of white supremacy would do as well. You see, the pets, they are in a different position because not only they're a pet, they want you to be a pet as well. Because when you are speaking up, when you are speaking out, when you're demanding um, justice, when you're demanding to be treated like a human being, you put pressure on the pets 
and they don't want their master to get too upset because they know that if too much pressure come on that master, the pet would be abused. The pet would be kicked. The pet could suffer the same fate that they wish they can do to you because they are close to them. So the pet by all, at all costs will defend that master. Trust me on that. And they do all this for nothing but a pat on the head. They do it for nothing but validation. They do it for just not even, you know, the, maybe some would get little trinkets. Like, you know, we talk about the bones and little chew toys. So they'll give them maybe a little job that they'll snatch away at any time. They may give them a little position. They'll snatch away at any time because the pet don't want to do for himself or herself. That's not what they would do. The pet will also cause mess among black folk and start all kind of things because that pet has to also protect that master. Understand all that black empowerment talk, all that reparations talk, all that getting free talk, all that going to Africa talk, all that is an issue and problem. Cause even when you talk about going to Africa, now you step in territory, they wish the black American would not want to start getting into understand. So, so that pet is going to act up. That pet is going to cause so many issues and problems. And when we see that, we say, why in the world is that way? But if you look into this system of racism, white supremacy, that is a coping mechanism for some Negroes, but it doesn't work at the end of the day, because once they're done with you, they're going to throw you away and also break you out in the process. We cannot seek to be no one's pets. We got to seek to be who we are as people and take a stand, look for justice, etc. Right. But these pets is going to be our greatest foe. And the thing is we got to call them out as a pet. I know a lot of times we, they use the word coon, but to me, no, I mean, to me, they're more so a pet. That's what they are. And when we look at these pets that we see all the time, you know, they, they, they want to make sure that you have this love you know, for their master, like they love their master. They ask you questions. How many times Jesse Lee Peterson asked me and many other black people, do you love white people? Why do he ask that question to black people? Do you notice that no other person would ask that? No other, you know, group of people are asked, do you love white people? Do you forgive white people? And white people are not even asking you to love them and forgive them. And that's the thing. I've not heard them once say, please love us and please forgive us. No, it's the pets. They want to make sure to keep you in a docile and slave like position and like an animal, a domesticated animal to have this love for someone that's not asking you because you know, like a dog, a dog, when you get it, it has, you know, eventually with time, it gets this love for you and, and, and they don't want to turn away. You understand? So these are issues and problems that, that we have and that we see, and we got to continue to call the pets of white supremacy out. We have to not allow them to feel comfortable, at least around us, because they are the main ones that are used to cause dissension. They were the main ones that was used to break up the Black Panthers. They was the main one used to get Fred Hampton killed. They was the main ones used to, to stir up the uh, dissension with Malcolm X. These are the same ones that were used um, to cause problems for Dr. King. Every person that we look at in our history, even Marcus Garvey, they always use some sort of pets. They're going to use them to get close to us. So we have to always be highly suspicious 
at anyone that comes in and tries to cause confusion, dissension, whatever, okay? We always got to look at that. You can't just, you know, trust people just because, you know, some of you may say, well, you know, I don't really trust, you know, you know, them folks like that. Well, you can't always hardly trust the Negroes either. You got to sit here and make sure to watch and pay attention. And if that red flag start coming up, you start hearing, you know, them starting arguments over things that you shouldn't be starting arguments over. Right. And you start hearing them just having this great defense of white people all the time. Like white people is the best thing to slice bread for them. Okay. Not to say white people told you to think that way, but that's how they're thinking. And they're attacking you because you're not thinking that way because you see the system of racism, white supremacy as what has been for us for over 400 years. You looking at the reality, looking at the system that was created, that was meant to be the greatest anti-black system and the standard operating procedure of America is anti-black. And if you come into this system, it's kind of hard not to be anti-black because the system tells you that. You understand? So, and I'll break that down in the live stream, what I mean by that, because that's a totally different point I need to make. But, but the issue is, these people are a problem, and we have to start enacting consequences for the pets of white supremacy. We have to learn how to excommunicate people out of the black community. You understand? Just like how white folks do it. White folks have certain rules, and if you break these rules, you're out. See, one thing all white people know is you have an issue with the system of white supremacy, you better keep it on the low. You better not be out here talking like you're against it. You better not be championing against it because you're going to be kicked out and ostracized. And they do that all the time. And that's why black folks, if we want to be respected, we have to start enacting consequences within our group first before you can enact consequences outside the group. These pets are the main ones you got to start that way because they are the link. They are the participants of harming us. You understand? And just like in 1804 with the brothers and sisters in Haiti, they dealt with the pets first. They dealt with the turncoats first before they started getting at the French and Napoleon and the rest of them. Because you can't have someone in your house who is going to sabotage you. You can't have someone that's going to be a traitor to you. You can't have someone that's working for the enemy. You can't do that. You got to deal with these pets first. You got to. And some of these pets may be in your family. It's easy to talk about other people that's not around you. But if these people in your family, they could be no earthly good at the end of the day to you. So I'm a firm believer you have to remove yourself from people like that. I clearly got to see um, as of recent how a pet will cause problems. And it was a good learning experience about a particular pet. And if that particular pet is listening, well, you know, hey, I've been doing this a long time. And there's nothing you could say or tell me what I can and cannot say because I know the rules. I know also how it works. And you know who you are if you choose to listen to this. You are a pet. You are a pet and you make yourself look horrible. That was very embarrassing how you made yourself look. It really was. Very, very, very embarrassing. And it's sad that you don't see that. And, and you know, one day when, you know, they, they, they break you, you know, you're going to think about it. Like I said, it is it is it is it's no hate on my on my end. I just look I just pity a pet. That's all. I pity him. Very because it's it's no retirement plan in being a pet, unfortunately. 
And this particular individual, if he's listening, not time out of ten he may be. He's listening. He'll figure it out. Of course, he may get in his feelings, um, and which a lot of them do, because they can't stand the truth. You know, when you tell the truth about certain individuals, they can't take that truth because, because you know, like I said, the truth will do one or two things. It's going to enlighten you, and you're going to come into the truth, or it's going to cut you down to the soul, and it's going to just make you angry. That's the only thing you can do with the particular truth. And when you want to live in error, you want to live in lies, and the truth is going to be a problem, you know, for you. And you have to understand in this journey, there are people, you know, that you're going to lose family members, you're going to lose friends, etc. That's going to happen. Um, but in this world, you don't have that kind of time to be worrying about people like that. You don't let other people drag you down, and you don't let nobody try to force you or um, make you become a pet as well, or even a de facto pet. Don't do that because that's something that you, you, we shouldn't do. And that's very, very counterproductive. You don't want your legacy when you die to let everybody know that you was a dog on pet. You wasn't a man. You wasn't a woman. You was a pet. And, and that is very sick. And that's not nothing we want to do. You know, think about your kids. You want your kids to look up to you as all you did was, you know, wag your tail for another man, jumping up and down for the validation of another man doing everything you can to protect another man who won't protect yourself or you protect those who resemble you. You won't do that. And that is horrible if you live that kind of legacy on the planet Earth if you die, but that's you and your issue. We know better. Many of you who listen in know better. You you don't operate that way. You move different. You just know better. That's, that's all there is to it. And like I said, we have a lot of smart people that listen to this show we have a lot of people who's who's very, very um, courageous. They're not cowards like pets would be. Uh, they're great people. And we got to start kicking all the pets out that we can, whether in your family or not. Leave me your thoughts. Thank you for listening to the Philo Scott Audio Experience. I hope you learned something from our program. Make sure if it's your first time here, go and check out all the episodes that we have. Start binge listening. That way you can get acclimated to everything that we're talking about. If you like our show and we would greatly appreciate you liking the show, support us monthly. You can do it as little as a dollar or more. Support of the show helps us to keep going, helps us to change, upgrade, buy equipment. You know, eventually we're going to start bringing guests in and we want to make sure we put on a great show for you guys. So support is definitely something that we greatly appreciate. We definitely appreciate all our supporters that we have now we love you. We cherish you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. See you next time.